Adam Crowley Show. I'm much better than a fan. I'm not as much of a jackass as that. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Nick tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Regarding the list, Adam, the last time you burned your couch on your porch, were you sitting on it? That would explain why Michael Phelps is not number one. Hey, Nick, my list cannot be argued. My list is in Sharpie. My list counts. Their list sucks. So do you. Oh, Michael Phelps, he should be up a little higher on the list. Hell no, he shouldn't. He's 14th. He's between Claude Guy Rooks and the Steelers' backup quarterback. I'll be honest, I'm surprised you put a Ravens fan on the list. Just, just a little surprised by that. Yeah, but he was in the shape of water. That's a good point. And by the way, Nick, if that is in fact your name... Michael Phelps won 23 gold medals, not 24. So who's the real sports fan? Me? The guy who prepares for five hours every day to do a radio show? Or you? The guy who can't even count to 23? I forget what my question was. But you're the dumb one. Also on Twitter, my unsponsored Twitter poll. At underscore Adam Crowley. If you put clothes on a dog, douche or normal AF, 83% of the people say douche move. Now, let me please, before we get to the five-minute major and talk all things hockey the rest of the segment, defend myself here. Because I did put a sweater on my dog today, but it's because my house was 52 degrees and she was shivering. If you had to look into my dog's eyes as she gazes back at you, thinking to herself, Daddy, why am I cold? You would have done the same thing. You would have said, Darling Molly, that's my dog's name, I will do whatever I can to make you warm. And whatever I can, I did. I took off my own clothes to give her body heat. I pulled a sweater up over her. I cuddled with her under seven blankets. Someone better go check on my cats. (laughs) I didn't put a sweater on her so she'd look cool. I put a sweater on her, guys. All y'all out there who say I'm a douche. I put that sweater on her so that she could survive. Dude, she's got border collie in her. It was practical. It wasn't about the aesthetics. Border Collies are farm dogs. They can put up with it. There's no reason on the, in this whole world to ever put clothes on an animal like that. Ever. She was shivering. It, it, see, this is something. You're getting real phlegmy over there, aren't you? I am. It's this the is second a, day in a row you've yeah, been launching no, phlegm over here. here. I'm sorry. Just, yeah, you were disgusting. Yeah, just, Maybe if you put a damn sweater on, you wouldn't have gotten ah, cold. Ah, ah. How about that? Yeah, I think anybody who actually dresses... Let me back up. Anybody who's a male who actually dresses their dog is married. 
because the female initiates that in the marriage. Like, we need to dress our dog. We need a nice scarf. You got a scarf? We need a scarf for the dog. That may or may not have happened in this instance. My dog does get dressed by my wife, but it's 2018, and I do not feel comfortable assigning gender roles to dressing a dog. Well, there's there's a clear gender role to dressing a dog. I mean, what's next? Like, you're going to put a wetsuit on your fish? Yeah, seriously, man. Are you going to, like, buy a parachute for your parrot? <laughs> Maybe a leather jacket for your cow. How about some nice crocs for your alligator? Oh no. <laughs> a fur coat for your mink. Next thing you know, you'll be buying your chameleon some camo. <laughs> camo 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 chameleon. Camo 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 chameleon. It is time for the five minute major. It's time to get pucked up with some of the best damn hockey talk on the planet. You go to the box, you know, uh, you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. This is the 5 Minute Major with Adam Crowley. I was listening to Stan's Penguins report during the last break. It's a good reason to stick around during the break. There might be another reason or two, but you're just going to have to listen to find out. And Stan was real irritated about the way the Penguins played last night. He sounded pissed off. In fact, I listened to his show today, noon until 2, ESPN Pittsburgh, and he was pissed off. You want your team to be playing their best hockey going into the playoffs, but let me play devil's advocate here. The Penguins will be a better team in the playoffs. I really believe that. Last year... The Penguins were 4-6 and six in their last 10 games. Then they won the Stanley Cup. Do they have to be playing great hockey as they go into the playoffs? You want to be doing the right things, but it's okay to have a hiccup every now and again. Tom, do you want the hockey season to be over? Are you ready for the playoffs? Oh, I'm so ready for the playoffs. They should end today. Brian? Just with Tom, exactly. They should end today. We should have playoffs tomorrow. So am I supposed to think that the Penguins don't feel the same way? I want this shiz to be over with. I am done talking about regular season hockey. The final 10 games of the Penguins season are the worst 10 games of the Penguins season. They used to be the best back when it was the X-Generation Penguins. They're no longer the X-Generation Penguins. I do not care how well they do in these last 10 days. I need to see them in the playoffs. I have faith that the Penguins will turn it around when it matters most. Now, if you do want to go the devil's advocate to my being the devil's advocate, I'll help you out there. The Penguins have had their worst road record since Crosby's come into the league. It would help to have home ice advantage. Broussard, Sherry, and Kessel are still a work in progress. That needs to get fixed. That's one thing I'd like to see change. I don't care about the win-loss record, but that's one thing I'd like to see get ironed out. Last night, Matt Murray was just okay. He stopped... 37 of 40 shots, but was flailing out of his crease a couple of times. Got bailed out by Evgeny Malkin's stick once. All that being said, he played better than any of his teammates. Because giving up 40 shots is awful. Only scoring one goal against that defense is awful. But again, they'll be fine. Don't look now. Columbus has tied the Penguins at 87 points. They've won nine in a row. The Flyers a point behind the Penguins at 86 points. I've said this for a while. The Penguins should want to play one team and one team only. Philadelphia. They can beat anybody. They'd have the easiest time with Philadelphia. 
Dale Lawley said we did our show in diapers yesterday. Probably don't want to touch anything in the studio until it's all been disinfected. I got a clean ass, man. Ed tweets at underscore Adam Crowley, LMAO. Really wish you would have stuck the F in there, Ed. Really disappointed in you. You got 276 characters to spare. Todd, next up here on the Crowley Show, 412-922-2874. Hello, Todd. Hey, there's nothing wrong with dressing your dog in clothes. You're damn my right there's loves, not. Yes, there is. My dog loves to wear clothes. As a matter of fact, during football season, when I come out wearing my Steeler jersey, she goes to where hers is hanging and starts barking, waiting for us to put it on her and wagging her tail all excited. And she even puts her head down into the hole and everything. She loves it. Well... You don't like when she puts her head in the hole, do you? Ah, never mind. Two things to you, Todd. Number one, I like the fact that you are not afraid to dress your dog up because some might view it as not masculine. I, however, think you should wear it as a badge of honor. Number two, it is possible that your dog's never nude and that your dog does not want... Is it a male or a female dog? Female. It does not want its boobies hanging out. <laughs> but I appreciate you weighing in, and I think you need to tell your friends to listen to the Crowley Show... And I'd like to hear their thoughts on this. Good talk, Todd. 412-922-2874. I'm calling BS on this. Like, It's a dog. Look, I love dogs. I have a 12-year-old dog named Maggie that I absolutely love. I'd do anything for her. You know, if she, w- if she was cold, I would keep her warm somehow. Wouldn't put a sweater on her. But you know what gets me? Just gets to the... Uh, just kills me when people are like, yeah, my dog loves wearing clothes. No, your dog puts up with you putting clothes on because you're the master. And let me tell you something else. Your dog does not know it's wearing Steelers gear. It just doesn't. I'm sorry. It does not know. They're colorblind to begin with. You put any jersey on it, they have no no idea what they're wearing. Brian, you got to calm down, man. This is crazy. Are you okay? A little bit. It's just crazy. Are you Your okay, dog Tom? Does not I'm a little know. scared. I've never seen him do that before. Sorry, it's just I, I'm in the hall with people and they're telling me this, like, "Oh, my dog loves wearing no kid. No, it doesn't. My dog knows it's a West Virginia fan. It does not. <laughs> and Todd's dog, it barks at the jersey. It wants to wear the jersey. It's barking because it's like, "Oh no, here it comes again." But you're the master and you feed me, so I guess I got to put this on. Ed tweets at underscore Adam Crowley a set of rabbit's feet for your bunny. Nice. I was just trying to make sure that my dog lived for another day. That's it. Have you ever even asked Maggie if she wants to wear clothes? Here's the thing, okay? I was married at one point, right? It's probably contributed to why I'm not anymore. But my wife did come home with clothes, or my ex-wife came home with, like, a little dog-like get-up and everything. I thought the problem was that she was not wearing clothes with someone else. Yeah, that was was a big problem coming up later. She should have worn more clothes, that's for sure. Less on the dog, more on the ex. But the thing is with... Less doggy style. I actually took the thing, and I'm like, you know what? This thing's going back to the store. We're not putting clothes on the dog. She's like, oh, it'll be cute, it'll be cute. Look at this. Maggie absolutely fought her the whole way ended up tearing we couldn't even take the thing back because she chewed through it brian would you say that your ex-wife was into doggy style yeah. 412-922-2874 tweet me at underscore adam crowley i almost made a similar joke earlier but it got lost i think in the freight i was not gonna let that one get lost yeah well to answer your question i don't know because i wasn't there <laughs>
at underscore Adam Crowley if you want to vote on the Twitter poll. If you want to be the opposite of Brian's ex-wife, you would avoid the poll. Up next, Jesse Marshall to talk about the Penguins' awful performance last night. I'll also ask him if he dresses his dog up. It's the Crowley Show. This song titled for Brian's ex-wife. <laughs> oh, I think that was the best joke ever told on the sound. <laughs> the unsponsored Twitter poll. At underscore Adam Crowley. If you dress up your dog, douche or normal AF. Jesse Marshall joins us now from The Athletic. Jesse, is it okay to dress your dog up? Uh one, like once every two years. I'm out. I dress my damn dog up every Saturday for West Virginia football. Today, though, I put her in a sweater because my house was 53 degrees. I feel like what I should get a pass on that. She's a border collie mix, but she's got short hair. Okay, so this is a big dog. I feel like uh, I'm going to give you a pass because I feel like it's more acceptable to do when it's a bigger dog. Like if it's a dog that you could fit like in the console of your car or like maybe in like a, a small bag. Once you can't, you just can't, you can't abuse it. That's abusing it. Then I think. Uh, you know what? I think that it is far more douchey if it is a small dog and it's in your purse and it's also got a sweater on. I think yeah. that looks bad. Now I don't have a purse, Agreed. but that would be douchey. You know. Did you have more to add there, or do you want to be done with this? That's all I got. Okay, very good. Jesse Marshall from the Athletic. Dog, so you know. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then you can't tell me anything. Yeah, uh, right. He of the Athletic joined me on the Crowley Show. Jesse, should I be worried about what I saw last night, or should I just say I don't really want to watch any more regular season hockey? No, I don't think you should be worried. Uh, there, it's funny because we complained all year long the Penguins didn't have enough time off, and then they got time off, and they came back and it looked like a team that hadn't played in almost a week. So uh, I think tonight's probably a better indication of, of uh, what their game speed's going to look like. I think if there's – I said this funny because we're having a similar conversation to what we had last year in that my concern is their puck management. Uh, the, the turnovers are what's really killing them. But I also carried that exact same concern in the postseason last year, and they won a Stanley Cup. So maybe it's something they're just immune to. I'm not sure. I, I think it's bizarre that they can continue to stay afloat with how horribly they've managed the puck some nights. But you know, it, it just seems like you know those home and road games, Adam, just become such a dichotomy of each other. Uh, they're almost as if they're a completely different team on the road that's not quite sure of what they're supposed to be doing, and then at home they can't be beat. So what the hell is up with that? I mean, I guess if you knew that, you'd be probably on their staff. We ask the question all the time about Ben Roethlisberger home and road, but I know the save percentage is a lot lower from what I was looking at home versus road, but the Penguins are also averaging like a goal and a half less per game on the road. What the heck? Yeah, and it's not for lack of trying. I mean, statistically speaking, defensively, they're just as good on the on the road as they are at home. The splits there are pretty even. The um, uh, same is true for their ability to generate scoring chances and shots. Um, you know, again, home road splits pretty even there. They just their shooting percentage on the road goes in the tank, and so does their save percentage. So, I don't know, maybe you chalk that up to randomness. Maybe you chalk that up to, uh, you know, off sample sizes on weird nights. But 
I, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a concerning thing for sure. Uh, I mean, especially considering you think back to, you know, the last two playoff runs and how big some of the, uh, the game fives they won on the road have been. Uh, the ability to, to, to clench the next game uh, and win the Stanley Cup on the road, um, that, that's, you can't, that, that's a tough thing to do in the NHL these days. So they've got to figure it out because they can't, uh, you know, the series never starts in the playoffs until somebody wins on the road and the rate they're going now, uh, getting, getting one might be tough. Does that make it more important to finish first in the division so that you can have home ice advantage until you'd play uh, whoever you'd play from the other division in the championship series? I would have said no uh, two years ago or last year, but I'm going to say yes this year. I think I think the dynamic has changed a little bit, uh, especially, you know, you, you could make the argument going into the 2016 uh, uh, playoffs, uh, the 16-17 playoffs, the Penguins are the best team in the league. Uh, it was just red hot, uh, absolutely unstoppable. Last year, maybe not so much, but they were in the conversation. Uh, you know, they, they took a step back defensively, but they were still playing very well in March. Uh, this year, you look at Tampa. I mean, even Washington. I mean, nobody's talking about the Capitals, and there they are lurking in that first spot again. Columbus is on the run of a lifetime right now. Tampa Bay's uh, the best team in the Eastern Conference. So I think now having that control means a little bit more than it did in the prior years. Uh, you know, it's, the target on their back's never been bigger. And if, if they're struggling winning on the road, that putting that premium on winning the division can make a world of difference. Jesse Marshall from The Athletic joining me here on The Crowley Show. I liked Columbus coming into the year, building off of what they did last year and then adding a score and, and really, I thought, getting better. Is this a team to be fearful of? I think that the Penguins' best matchup is Philly in the first round, but I don't know. You tell me. Should I be scared of the Blue Jackets? Well, I definitely think the Flyers are the better matchup, and I, I would say that actually, Adam, primarily just because they're not playing well right now. You always want to take the team that is, uh, you know, you look at their last ten numbers and see what they've done over the course of the last month. Uh, you know, Flyers have struggled mightily. Their goaltending's completely inconsistent. It's just a disaster right now. Columbus is winning games, and and I think the question of whether or not we should be afraid of them lies in their goaltending. And the reason I say no, Adam, is because Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, is still having nightmares, I think, of, of some of the things the Penguins have done to him over the course of the last couple of years. Uh, hasn't proven he could beat them. He's a Vezina caliber goalie uh, that cannot play well against the Penguins in the playoffs. And, and if that doesn't change, Columbus has no chance. And I think you look back at some of the exits that they've made, uh, particularly looking at uh, you know the series uh, last year, it was just it wasn't there for him. Uh, whatever reason, it just never clicked. Uh, so I think until they can overcome that hurdle. The Penguins are still deeper at center. I, you know, defensively, Columbus has got some really solid young guys on that blue line that can eat a lot of minutes and can skate. Uh, but I think that forward group for the Penguins is still tilt the scale in their favor, and, and I, I still don't think Barbrowski can beat them. Matt Murray back yesterday for the first time since he suffered the concussion there at the end of the last month. What did you see from him? Uh, to me, he played well uh, for the most part, but there were a couple of moments where he did not allow a goal whenever I could have easily seen him allowing a goal where he was out of position. But all in all, you face 40 shots. I think he did all right. I thought so, too. I was pleased. Uh, yeah, I think back to the highlight reel save he made um, on Matthew Barzell down low. Uh, that was all a result of him being out of position in the first place. He kind of lost his net. Uh, Bar- uh, the, the Islanders are going around the goal. Uh, and he tried to protect the far post and kind of lost himself a little bit. Uh, but A-plus recovery, A-plus dramatics. Uh, he got back, he made the save. Uh, I thought that 
he got a little bit more work that the Penguins probably would have liked to, like for him to see, uh, given especially in the beginning of the game, given how long he'd been out. But I thought he was fine. Um, I wouldn't say he picked right back up where he left off at him, but I also don't think that the scoreline was indicative of how well he performed. Uh, and to your point, had he not performed that well, that game could have really become a circus really quickly. And the Islanders stink, man. I mean, they just stink. I realize the Penguins put up, what, 37 shots in last night's game, somewhere around there, and they weren't able to get one. Um, but, I mean, that defense has just been terrible all season long. What are you thinking of Broussard's line now at this point? It's been better. I think every week it's getting better. I know people are frustrated that he's not scoring goals, but he's on a three-game assist streak. And, and, you know, really, I think personally he's created at least three goals in the last three games from his back-checking. Uh, that, that's what's huge, or his forechecking for that matter. It's his ability to get on his horse and chase down loose pucks uh, whether it's whether he's heading in the offensive zone or the defensive zone, it doesn't matter. Uh, I think that that part of his game is settled in. Uh, I think he's. He, I think there's still a little bit of ways to come. I'd like to see him shoot more. I think it's been a big point of emphasis with Mike Sullivan as well. They wanted to take a little bit of initiative. Um, I know that's tough when you have Phil Kessel on your line. You know, with a guy that can shoot like that, you have, maybe there's a little bit of a tendency to want to get him the puck. Uh, but Broussard can fire it, and I think that they want to get him into space a little bit more uh, into the slot. Um, out of the boards where you know he's a great puck battle guy at him, but they want to get him out of the boards into the middle of the ice. And I think once that happens, uh, he's proven he can score goals uh, from inside the circles, and I think that's where they're going to try to get him and, and give him some opportunities to get some pucks on net. The fourth line is a bunch of dudes who are just kind of dudes. I guess that's the way it's going to be. Uh, I suppose Aston Reese is on his way back. Uh, that would be huge, the trickle-down effect there, but... Uh, right now, it just seems like, ah, we're going to snore some penalty killers there. Yeah, but Josh Dorsey, I think, has been pretty good. I mean, if nothing else, I think the Penguins should be pretty happy with the, the fact that they got a guy that can come in and plug in like this in that trade. Uh, so, I, you know, I'll say this. And I don't know if, you know, it's tough to judge four and a half, five minutes a night. I mean, really, it's, I mean, it's just not enough to tell you much anything. But I will tell you this unequivocally. Uh, since that Ryan Reeves trade was made, and uh, since Carter Rowney, in the times he's been out of the lineup, the fourth line has kept its head above water in a way it hasn't all year long. And that's not to say that they're mm. you know, being led by the charge of Matt Cullen and getting in there on the offensive zone and chipping away at teams and generating scoring chances in bunches. All I'm saying is they just kept their head above water. And I think that is still a large enough change for what they were experiencing early in the year that you've you got to just be pretty satisfied with that effort. And as long as your fourth line, you can reliably ice them and not have to worry about them being buried in the defensive zone for 30, 40 seconds at a time, you'll take that. Uh, so it's a building block, right? And like you mentioned, when Zach Aston Reese comes back, that trickle-down effect will help that. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Josh Doris just all of a sudden stuck because uh, I, you know, it, it, I, I don't believe in coincidences, and, and his performances on the fourth line have buoyed it quite a bit, and, and again, in a way that they haven't seen it been buoyed all year. Breaker Breaker 1-9, Mother Nature keeping it greasy. Care Bears wearing colors and playing goalie in the hammer lane thanks to a 10-42 at 376 inbound approaching 79. So dial it on back and cut some slack. Meat wagon on the way. It's the Smoker Report. You see a Miss Piggy, a Mama Bear, Papa Bear, Bear in the bushes or a bear in the air? Give us a holler. We'll get you home without the extra freight. 412-922-2874. Remember, always keep your shiny side up and your skin's on the ground.
How about Chad Ruedel? Has he been playing better lately? Yeah, I well, I know that he's been better. I think he's just been fine. Period. Um, yeah, uh, I think that, uh, Chad Ruedel's been great. I got no complaints. I think I, um, I think I frazzled, I think I frazzled everyone there. That was not the question I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask about Chad Ruedel playing okay and if he was continuing to play okay. And uh, then I we were trying to pretend like that didn't happen, and we both failed. Yeah, it's okay. Chad Ruedel. Um, yeah, pleased, very pleased. Uh, I think that I mentioned a little a, a couple weeks ago, Adam, that I thought it was going to be interesting to see how Oli Mata kind of took control of that pairing. Uh, I think that they, they kind of tasked him with being the general of that third group and, and taking initiative, and I think he's done just that. And not to mention that it got, it, that that change kind of enabled them to land on Schultz and Oleksiak, um, which I think on some nights you could argue has been the Penguins' best defensive pairing since they put them together. So I think the way it shook out is exactly the way Mike Sullivan drew it up. Um, you know, for all the struggles, you know, the many struggles, I guess you could say, Latang and Dumoulin have had, and sort of the hiccups in their games, those other two defensive pairings have been really good, and they've controlled the, they've controlled the play really well. Last thing here for you, Jesse. Jesse Marshall of The Athletic joining us here on the Crowley Show. If it's Casey DeSmith and Tristan Jari and not Matt Murray in the playoffs, Penguins have what kind of chance to pull off the three-peat here? Uh, I would say... I would I would want to see Jari get the start, and I think that's what they would do. I think right now that Casey DeSmith is solely the backup out of the idea that they want to keep Jari in game and get him more minutes. Um, I think that you'd have to think it would cut their chances in half. I think that would be a fair thing to say. I think that they, they without Matt Murray playing at the level we've become accustomed to, uh, their chances would be cut in half. And I and I still, while they have one of the best chances to do it out of any team in the league. They still find themselves behind teams like Tampa and Nashville. Uh, so I don't know that they can afford to take that kind of hit and still have a serious consideration for it. Buy a dog and dress it up nice, all right, Jesse? <laughs> I will do. Thank you. Have a good one, buddy. Thanks a lot. Right. Jesse Marshall of The Athletic. He almost he almost didn't break. But it was really my fault that he did break because I was so interested there in maintaining what I think is a very funny joke that I didn't ask him a great question. I was just trying to get to the question as soon as possible. Should have wrote it down. 4129 is the number. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. The ratings just came out. I mess around a lot on this show, and I mean a lot. So take this seriously. It sounds like people are. Because the numbers over the last year are up big time. And our numbers keep going up month to month after what was the hottest time of the year. I said what now must have been a month ago that our ratings are up 500%. They keep climbing. We're good at this. Our signal sucks, but we're good at this. So keep on listening. Tell your friends. But don't tell too many. Damn it, Tom! It's not funny when you do that. You go on this big rant about we're gonna how great l- the show's getting, we're ratings are ratings up, and, and then there's no ding. No ding. Tom is the worst. The worst! The worst! You needed a ding there. Uh, well, he wouldn't give us the ding. <laughs> Just say it. 
Just say it. Say it. Don't say it. No, don't say it. No, no, no. Say it. Don't say it. Tom really likes giving the ding. I thought Tom never missed a butt. Hi, Tom Bodette. Ever notice how some places use fancy words just to make things more expensive? Like calling anything handmade craft or using aioli when they just mean mayonnaise. Well, at Motel 6, expensive words aren't really our thing. Our thing is clean, comfortable rooms at a great low price. So you can get a good night's sleep that leaves you feeling as fresh as that massage kale salad. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. And that's basically how a bill becomes a law. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't take me all that long to explain it, really. No, I mean it's just government at work. That's how. It, yeah. That's how it works. I, I, Wish more people understood it. I, really, the Constitution in and of itself. Penguins played last night. They lost. They sucked. They played tonight at home against Montreal. Montreal always loses. They suck. More pen stock coming up. In the final hour of the program, Pitt's still looking for a basketball coach. This is a real question. If you're okay with Pitt getting Sean Miller, and you're okay with everything that comes with it, if you're okay with the FBI probe, if you're okay with the fact that he doesn't win sometimes in the tournament, if you're okay that he looks like a fish whenever a game is close and on the line, then why would you not be okay with Rick Patino? If you're okay with the immorality and the risk involved for bringing in Sean Miller, why would you not be okay with the risk involved in bringing in Rick Pitino? Seriously. Why? Because he had sex with a waitress for 15 seconds? That's immoral? That's where we draw the line? Infidelity? Why is everyone rooting for Tiger Woods? Infidelity is where we draw the line? Why does anybody watch professional athletics? Infidelity? That's it? That's what's going to make us not like the guy? Oh, wait, no. It's prostitution. Prostitution because they were players... Banging some strippers on recruiting visits. That's it. That's immoral because no kid ever has sex when they visit college. Never happens. That's it. Rick Pitino, terrible guy because he allowed, allegedly, his recruits to have sex with some women. Forget the fact that college basketball is seedy enough because they're not paying players. That's where we draw the line. Hugh Freeze, bad guy because he called a prostitution ring. Bad guy. Really? That's what makes him a bad guy? Because he's cheating on his wife? Yeah, I realize prostitution's illegal. I get that, but I don't really understand why prostitution's illegal to begin with. And that'll be the hill I die on today. Prostitution, not that bad. Everyone's got a choice, I think. It depends. I mean, sex slaves, not good. Where did I dig myself? Let's let's move on. Uh, should we move let's on move here? Right yeah, on. Get hell like, out of this one? We're all looking at each other in the studio right now. Like, where the hell is Crowley going right now? If you've got a problem with Pitt hiring Sean Miller, then I'd understand why you'd have a problem with them hiring Rick Patino. But if you don't have a problem with them hiring Sean Miller, then you should absolutely not have a problem with them hiring Rick Patino. You want to talk about arbitrary morality? Well, this guy's being investigated by the FBI, but he didn't have sex with a waitress who wasn't his wife. That part's irrelevant to me. Can the guy coach basketball? Can the guy win games? Can the guy bring people in to fill seats? 
If the answer is yes to all the above, if you're willing to take a risk on one guy, take the risk on the other. That would have been a great take if I didn't dive into the sex slave industry. Would have been a hell of a take. Did you see the column that compared slavery to NCAA basketball? I'm all about paying the players, but any time that you tie slavery into something, you diminish what slavery actually was. You do. I mean, there was rape and beating. and I mean, it's the worst thing this country has ever done. Maybe the worst thing in humanity. One of them. Don't really want to parse those. Don't compare the immorality of this to the immorality of that. College basketball is immoral. Not paying players to me sucks. They should at least be able to utilize their likeness. But it is not slavery. And we backpedal. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. ESPN the magazine came out with their top 20 most dominant athletes of the last 20 years list. And it was pure, unadulterated ass. So I made my own. And it is undisputable. I'll go through it really quickly here. And if you've got any dispute... You can shove it, or you can call the number 412-922-2874. Number 20 for me, John Schuster, the skip of the United States gold medal winning curling team. Number 19, American Pajaro. American Pharaoh. Pharaoh. 18, Condoleezza Rice. 17, Peyton Manning. 16, Landon Donovan. 15, Clyde Gyrooks. Uh, Giroux. 14, Michael Phelps. 13, the Steelers' backup quarterback. 12, Tiger Woods. 11, Tim Tebow. 10, Kobe Bryant. 9, Tom Brady. 8, Derek Jeter. 7, a little low, honestly, probably, Ian Cole. 6, Serena Williams. 5, Barry Bonds. 6, Sidney Crosby. 4, Sidney Crosby, pardon me, I can't count. 3, Phil Kessel. I'm just so excited about the ratings. 2, LeBron James. And 1, the greatest basketball player who's ever walked the earth. Number starts with a 2. And it ends right there. Javon Carter of West Virginia basketball. Any disputes? Homer. No, I think that was flawless. Yeah, I think I nailed that one. It's a good job, man. Yeah, I really appreciate it. A lot of hard work went into it. I blogged. If you want to find my reasons, ESPNPGH.com. Search The Crowley Show. Also, If you go to the ESPN PGH page, yeah, and you want to find my podcasts, uh-huh. you have to search podcasts. I've been doing this show. This is my 166th show. I label them whenever I'm doing the prep, <laughs> and it says Crowley Show Podcasts. Yeah, it's weird. Savern has a podcast. Mm-hmm. Tunch and Wolf, they've got a podcast. According to our website, they're still on the air every day from 10 until noon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Emails have been sent. <laughs> uh, uh, you, not your fault. however, have a podcast. Podcasts. I wonder if you can put clothes on that. There's many cats. It's <laughs> podcasts. Well, if he has a podcast. Like, I have a podcast, so I have a podcast, but a collection of pod. Uh, okay, I see what you're saying yeah, there. You see where yeah, I'm yeah, going? yeah, I got Multiple you Multiple cats. Yeah. 
And each cat has nine lives, so the content there, really outstanding. Nine times better than most content out there, honestly. Do I do this thing every 540 segment where I start to pause a lot? What happened there, by the way? I think my brain broke. Sun, I, sun in the moon, I think it is. I was like, getting legitimately worried back here. That Jeez. I was supposed to hit something or we planned something out on <laughs> the show Adam, meeting that I just blanked on. Is, is Adam about to pass out like me at an Irish bar? It's like, what's going <laughs> so on So many here? things going through my brain. <laughs> when I used to do Stan show as the producer, I would always almost hit the break because he pauses forever, and I just really, I, I stand out on that one. Hardcore. And it scared me because I knew I was in the middle of a pause. And I don't know how to get out of them when I'm in there. Katie wrote me a note that says because Mercury is in retrograde. That's why you're messing up. I have no idea what that means. That's a great joke, Katie. Good contribution yeah. to the show. Way, <laughs> yeah. way, way to bring the fire today. Is that a good joke? I wish you would have said it on the air so we could have laid it up against our two jokes, Tom. Oh, yeah, I know. That's, uh, yeah. Way to go, Katie. Are we talking about the planet Mercury? Yes, it's in retrograde. It's How moving... have I not seen this? This is like astronomy she's talking about. You've never about. heard of the planet Mercury? Or being in retrograde? It's the closest one to the sun. I thought retrograde is whenever a baby's coming out backwards. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Tom, do me a favor here, please. Isn't that breach? That's breach, right? No, Pluto. I think what you need to do, Tom, that's a bad joke. <laughs> Call the guy from SETI Institute, see if he wants to come on and talk about Mercury being in retrograde, okay? Yeah, do that no problem. Me. Man, you're getting us in dangerous territory. Now you're asking him to run the show and try to get a guest at the same time. Yes. It's, uh, you're creating danger. Goose Fat says, you just brought the Patino thing up because David Todd was talking about it. Not on this station, he wasn't. Oh! Wow. I was just going to say who. And I thought mine was going to be a D-bag move. I did say who on Twitter. Goose Fat replied, very rude. He was your predecessor. Oh. Ratings are up big time. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. One of the reasons for the pauses, though, is because I laid out my list, and I'm supposed to have my two cohorts here to create content for 14 minutes before we have to hit this break at the top of the hour. I read my list, and then Tom goes, oh, your list is fine. That was a fine list. I got that. I mean, there's a Homer feel to it. You want? You really want me to start picking it apart? One, mm. you got Michael Phelps. He's a Ravens fan. First of all, that should be on no list made by anybody who lives in yes, Pittsburgh and does Ravens. Brian, but Michael Phelps was outstanding in The Shape of Water. That's a good point. But Kobe Bryant deserves it. He's got he's got an award. He's got an Oscar. And so he's, he's ahead already of on the list. He's he ahead is. of Phelps. I, I just don't think that's enough. I really don't. Uh, Tiger Woods way too low on way the list. Way too low. Tim Tebow, I mean, my God. Tiger Woods, though, what have you done for me lately? I mean, Valspar coming in second. You got Tom Brady on there, too. Now, I'll give you credit because one of your reasons was he's cool under pressure, unable to get sunburnt, and a fabulous kisser. Mm -hmm. I'll give you points for that. Mm -hmm. He should be on there just to get that in there. Mm -hmm. um, Barry Bonds, uh, I don't know, man. I think that's Barry Bonds tries harder than any player in the history of sports. It does take a lot of effort to inject stuff into your ass. It really does. He wanted to it. be better than anybody. And because of that, he tried Andrew Sestanion. <laughs> he did Windestroll. He did Decadurbalin. Why can't all steroids be like HG? You made all those names up. I did not. Decadurbalin, man. The other they were night, all made up Me names. and my buddies got together through down some Decadurbalin. <laughs> You've never heard of Decadurbalin? Oh, yeah. What man. was the other one? Give me another one. Andrew Stendenion. 
Winstrel? Sounds like a cigarette. The issue is it read much better than it sounded on the air now that I read it on the air. You know, honestly, I think my biggest problem with this list is that Phil Kessel is number three. Two-time Stanley Cup champion. Just a picture of awesome. Maybe one of the most badass humans on the planet. And he's number three. You got LeBron James ahead of him. LeBron James. And Javon Carter. LeBron James and Javon Carter play a sport that more people play. And if you're better at a sport where more people play, you're the best. Case in point, if I go to an Ivy League school, and I do well there, it's a lot better than me doing well at West Virginia. Doesn't let you sit in the radio chair for all that long, but that's the case. If you play basketball, and you're good at basketball, you're competing with more people who are playing basketball, Therefore, tiebreaker on my list. Okay, so why is Landon Donovan so low then, using that same logic? More people play soccer than basketball, and he was the best soccer player of all time. So why isn't he up higher? No, he was no, 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 don't no interrupt, he was Don't not. you interrupt me. No, you did, I'm you talking to Adam right now. Saying Landon, Landon Donovan sucks. Overrated. As far as I'm concerned, Landon Donovan is the only soccer player of all time. Tim Howard. <laughs> the only one to ever Tim play. Tim Howard, an American who not only... Did amazing things on the last cup run, not this one because he wasn't on the team, but an American who actually made it to the Premier League and played well. Did he make it on this year's coming cup run team? Donovan didn't. Did, uh, did Howard's Tim? playing. He's playing professionally over in the Premier League, the greatest league in the world. Guys, how many Americans do that? All I can say is Landon Donovan no longer on the United States World Cup team, and they're not going to the World Cup. That's an MVP right there. It's because of rebuild. 